Hi, my name is Joe Geerling and I'm from IC Church and I want to welcome you today to Favourite Friends. We're so excited that you'll be a part of this podcast that's linking women and building community through real life stories. Stay tuned, it's going to be amazing. Hi everyone, my name is Marion Wright and I am your host for this podcast. I am so excited to bring you our very first episode of Favourite Friends. I had the absolute honour of sitting down with our senior pastor, Joe Geeling, and I got to ask her a whole bunch of questions about her life and purpose and obedience. We covered a lot of ground, so much so in fact that we've decided to split it into two parts, so make sure you look out for part two soon. All right, I hope you enjoy it. Here's Joe. Pastor Joe Geeling, welcome. Welcome to the very first episode of Favourite Friends. Thank you, Marion. I'm very nervous. I don't know if you can I'm tell. nervous too because you ask hard questions. Oh, I'm channeling my inner Oprah. Okay. We're talking a bit about the magazine, but also a bit about your personal story as well. Obviously, the theme of the magazine is purpose. So tell me a bit about the thinking behind the theme. Why purpose? Sure. Well, first of all, with the magazine, I think it's really good to bring a focal point mm. rather than, hey, we're just writing a magazine. Let's just throw every idea in there. I, I want it to be a little bit cohesive. And um, so this this year, we wanted to start the year with purpose. And the real intention behind that is um, I have this little thing at the moment. It's probably going to be my little soapbox I get on. People think their purpose is always beyond them. Mm. They they see that as one day, you know, when this happens or when I go overseas or when I get the job I want, I'll then be fulfilling purpose. And I think we are robbed of so many years or moments because we actually don't realise where God places us, he can actually release us into purpose. Now, that doesn't mean all our dreams come true um, when you're changing a baby's nappy and go, this is my purpose. But there's got to be a sense of um, my whole life is lived unto God So surely in every moment I can actually find purpose, whether it's a small thing or a big thing. And I I really wanted to get back to that kind of foundational thought, particularly for women, because, you know, men sometimes just get on. They don't sit there and think about, you know, one day girls compare, girls are going, look at her, she's so much further than I am, Um, her kids are better than mine or whatever it is. And we think, are we missing out? Have I not done enough? We live with guilt and all these crazy things and I just wanted to bring it right back to this very foundational thing you have purpose wherever God has placed you right now and like I said it might not be the dream but you can actually dig into something and go you know what God's got me in this season I'm going to actually see some fruit in it I love what you said in your piece and I think it touches on exactly what you said about purpose being like having a very foundational understanding of purpose and you said that if someone had asked me where I saw myself or what I saw myself doing five years ago I'd probably have shrugged my shoulders and said just serving God somewhere and it's that simple and I love that it was that simple for you was it always that simple well well I I don't know if I'd call it simple because Mm. um, maybe it's a simplistic viewpoint Mm. because I did get stressed about the details. And so, you know, I knew in my heart, my purpose was to serve God. That that just was never something I never wrestled with being, oh, I'm going to be a doctor or something like that. That's never been an issue for me. But it didn't outwork. I thought, but what will that look like? So I think there's always been the wrestle in that. 
And um, because also I've done a lot of things for God, never been paid for anything um, up until a few years ago. And so I think for me, it was simple in understanding my purpose. It wasn't simple in actually seeing it outworked. And, um, and some people are really clear. Like some people, you, you meet them at school and I wrote about it in the magazine. It's like, I know I'm going to be a doctor. And you just look at them and go, how do you know that? They, they know their life mission. And I guess in saying what I did in the magazine, it's okay to not know. It's okay. And I think that was my whole point. It goes, I don't know. And so every step for me was just an unlocking maybe of the next season, but not being frustrated or miserable in one season because it's actually what unlocks the next. Do you remember a clarifying moment for you where you realised, oh, my goodness, this is my life's purpose? Um, oh, gosh. Um, I Look, as a girl, like I'm talking 13-year-old girl, I, I would prepare sermons. Um, I would dream into that. And um, so for me, I've probably just known that's part of my calling. Um, again, you know, but it's always the little mundane things along the way. Um, so for me, I've never wrestled with, am I called to ministry? And so I always actually get really annoyed when people say to me, oh, I don't know how you do your job. How do you do multi-campus? How do you do that? And I'm like, I actually get really upset by that because I go, I love my job. This is like my perfect scenario. And so I go, why would people say, how do you do it? I would hate to do that. I don't know how you do it because I actually love it. But I guess I could say that of other people going, you know, even you, Marion, I go, I couldn't teach those It's very hard. My job is very hard. (laughs) But I enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, You quote Solomon in the article and you talk about how for every in, oh, sorry, for everything there's a season and a purpose and it's simply found in God. Have there ever been moments when it was hard to find that purpose? Absolutely. Or it's always there, but because of the circumstances in your life, it just seems the furthest thing from you, um, if that makes sense. Mm, and um, Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I think you always have that sense of, you know, I know what I'm called to do. But, you know, to be really honest, um, for me, I always knew there was a calling to ministry, like, and when I talk ministry, we're all called to ministry, so I don't want to get hung up on words right now. Um, everyone's ministry looks a bit different, but I knew I had a, a calling to a full-time ministry capacity, you know, pastor kind of thing. So I think my frustrations in seasons were when my health wouldn't allow me to do things, um, when my workplace, where you have to earn money, dictated to that maybe I couldn't do as much as I wanted to. Um, there have been seasons when I've had kids. Um, you know, I had Josh, and six weeks after I had him, I um, I dislocated my knee, basically, and within a, few, within a month I was having major knee surgery. What? And so you, you go, purpose? What's wow. purpose in that? And so I think, you know, you can go, well, it just didn't work out. But I think in those moments you have to get very foundational and go, all right, let's pull it right back. And above any function that I have, my greatest purpose is me and God. And so in those times, I know when I've been in pain, um, when I have gone through those things and have been limited or, um, you know, there were seasons I couldn't walk properly, um, you know, rather than just get hung up, I can't fulfill it. It's like, I'm just going to bring it right back and actually go, God, it's just about you and me. My greatest purpose in life is actually you. So let's not confuse the doing with actually being who you called me to be. 
Oh, I think that's something that we get stuck in so easily that we we align purpose with the doing and the action, you yeah. know. Um, I, and I, I think especially with, um, I've realized people my age, we're very focused on being pers- purposeful, but then productive yeah. as a result of that. And I think, you know, what? how do we look at purpose as not always being this outward expression of productivity? And Yeah, well, I think it comes down to you. It's a, it's a real inner conviction as well. At the end of the day, if you were to take everything away from me, am I still me? Am I still who God wants me to be? And I think for me that was a real revelation. I'm a real task person. I still make lists. There's such a joy when you tick something off your list. Yes, for all the listeners, Marion has a list right now. And <laughs> but there, there's such a fulfillment in that. I love that. Yes. But um, you, you've just got to get beyond that mm. to be that task-driven person to actually go, what does God actually want me to be? Oh, he actually doesn't measure me by any of those things. And I think for me, that was a bit of a journey for me, being very task-orientated and uh, I like to get the job done, I like to achieve. And for me, when I actually had a revelation even a few years ago, when I, I think I shared at Faber Conference about daughterhood, um, that wasn't yes, just a message. That was great. It was one of those, oh, I'm a daughter. I don't have to do anything. Gee, I want to, but now I don't have to. And I think that was a real moment for me. At the end of the day, God loves me. He actually approves of me. And the things I get to do for him are the bonus as opposed to the purpose. And I think aligning your heart with God's heart is actually the purpose. It's not that I did this, I came up with a a research thing that solved and brought the cure for cancer. I mean, that's all wonderful. But when you've aligned your heart with what do you want me to do, God, I think that's where real purpose comes in. So I think seasons are really important that, you know, you always have to come back very foundationally and go, all right, what really makes me me and what me and God, that connection, really important. So purpose is about being not doing yeah I I think it's that the confidence that comes from knowing that God loves you that he is with you that's a massive one like we talk about that all the time God's with me God's with me but when every time I you know hear the word Emmanuel God with us like I can just go to tears because it's actually so personal now and that's what I'm saying it's just putting your hand to things and going I will do it with purpose and I know there'll be some people listening going well I don't have a purpose I don't know what my purpose is it's all good for you Joe because you got it at 13 well then my, my encouragement is whatever you're doing right now ask God to breathe on that anoint that and make it purposeful because it can still be a blessing absolutely I want to um, talk to you about you touched on the fact that you know, you've struggled with arthritis in your life and there have been seasons of pain. I imagine it would be debilitating at times. And, you know, how how do we find God's purpose in those seasons where it is just hard work getting out of bed in the morning? It's hard work praising, you know, when everything in your body is working against you. How do you navigate a season like that? Yeah, again, it comes down to some very foundational things. Now, I wish I could tell you I've just praised my way all the the way (laughs) through. Every day I praise, whether I'm in pain or not. Um, And I think with pain, 
you know, you can get sick and in three days you recover, okay, and you're miserable, but you get better. I think when you have that debilitating pain, it, it's something you can live with. And, you know, look, I'm doing really well and God's really graced me. Um, you cry, you really do, and but you've got to know who to do it with um, and it can't be your default. It has to be the exception. Mm. You see, my default is I actually believe God's good. I actually believe he's got something good ahead. Now, there are some days that you go, I can't see it. It's all over. And you go to God and I've got angry at God sometimes. I've just bawled my eyes out with God sometimes. I've told him it's not fair. You know, look at all these other people. And it's always, you know, when you point to other people. And then yet you can turn around and find someone who's way worse off than I am, who's maybe lost something. So I think it's having that safe place with God. I let it all out. and But having a default, at the end of the day, God is good. He's in control. And I think if they're the convictions. Not I don't know if God's in control, but God is in control. And I think I actually really believe in the goodness of God. In in those painful seasons, I um I interviewed Winnie Numata for the magazine, and she was talking about um, finding purpose in seasons of pain is often just acknowledging that there were depths of God's love that you hadn't yet discovered. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I. I was so moved by that because often we think, okay, God, this is tough, but you're building me. Maybe this is a character thing. Maybe there's a lesson in this. But is it that, you know, is it that that we are just discovering discovering new facets of God? Oh, gosh, yes. But I think pain isn't purposed of God, but it can be used with purpose. And, and, you know, the word of God says, you know, he can work all things together for good. He doesn't cause all things, but he can work things, all things together for good. And so I think, you know, we always laugh, you know, you you look at uni uni students, when you come fresh out of school, you just want to get in there and get out and you compare them to a mature age entry student who wants to ask questions. They want to suck the life out of this experience because they know why they're there And I think sometimes, you know, I can look back now, there is no doubt I'm the person I am today because of some of the journeys I've walked through. You know, I think compassion for people and pain and different situations, I wouldn't have that otherwise. Now, God didn't purpose it for my life, but gee, we've used it for purpose. And and I think you've got to look at that. And yeah, you've got to give God a chance to continually reveal himself and... um, yeah, but I just think it's that place of transparency and honesty. But, you know, at the end of the day going, I'll get up tomorrow and I still love him, even if I'm going to have the same condition. And I think that became a reality for me in my early years of marriage when I had arthritis and I was on high medication. I was really struggling to walk and do a lot of things. And I had some pretty dark days. You know, it's probably six weeks there I didn't get out of bed. I cried a lot. And I think it was at the end of that walking through, and God is so gracious. He's not sitting there like, hurry up, woman, sort yourself out. But at the end of that six weeks, it was almost like, God, with pain or without pain, I'm just going to serve you. And you've got to get to that point, not that you go, bring it on pain, but it's just regardless, I will work out a way that I will give my life to God in some capacity. And um Yeah, and you just see God's grace proven time and time again. And I think it's a lesson. His grace is available. How often do we actually lean into it?
Well, we just want to let you know something very important coming up in the calendar is our Favour Women's Conference starting on Friday, the 27th of July. We want to invite you to come together with all the girls right across Australia and even Mumbai, and we're going to really press into God. It's going to be very powerful, very practical, and I'd love to see you there. say I don't think I've ever felt ready for any purpose God has released in my life I don't feel like I'm well God here I am I'm ready or if I have felt ready God's told me you're not ready and so but when you get that opportunity you know it's like I'm not ready God I just need a few more years to work on myself or, I you know, personally those kind of don't feel ready for this right now and that's why you just <laughs> got to do it you just got to do it and who knows what comes out but you know that's the thing I think also we have to understand our lives are given to God and so even in this you know we're doing a very practical thing we can actually believe that God could take this and bless someone else's life or encourage someone who's actually going to listen to this and so we've got to actually that's your faith walking God going well God ordinary you can do something and it can actually have effect and power for other people so mm. you talked about how easily we can get caught in the comparison trap Hmm. Um, I feel like Instagram exacerbates that massively. <laughs> no. <laughs> How do we avoid this? Because I do this too, where I look at other people and I think, God, they're living their life with so much purpose. And I just go to school every day, you know, and, or and I, I just sat on the couch and ate a bag of chips tonight right. and look at them. They're at the gym. Yeah. I just finished <laughs> a Netflix series that I said I wasn't going to finish tonight. Yeah. I was going to go to bed. Sure. And I think, you know, and I remember this quite well when we got back from India where we had a season of very active serving very active faith and then we got back and suddenly it was like we were getting jobs again and I I thought there wasn't you know purpose in that and I was looking at other people who were doing the adventure stuff that comes along how do we avoid the trap how do we avoid comparing you know life and purpose oh gosh I and I think so much comes down to your daily walk with God because, you know, let's be honest, we all have a tendency to, you know, imagine you're on a path. Even if you just veer one degree, it's going to take you off course, right? And so if we're, you know, I love God, but, you know, Instagram is just so in my world and I'm so absorbed, you're actually going to deviate off the path that God has got for you. And look, we're all guilty of that. And then you go, oh my gosh, what am I even doing? Like, this is ridiculous. I've sat here for two days just scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and Netflix and, you know. And so I think, you know, the word of God says, you know, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So it always comes back to who wrote the book on my life. I need to come back to that point. And it sounds so easy, but it actually has to be a conscious decision. It's like, oh God, what am I going on about? You actually have authored my life. The greatest thing I can do right now is just come into alignment with that. So comparison is always going to be a thing. It's it's just there. And it's what you choose to do with it. Um, you know, and I, I've had to learn over the years, and I'm not brilliant at it, celebrate people's successes rather than getting annoyed and going that should be me um I mean let's be honest um and we've actually got to actually find that rejoicing because we have to rejoice when others rejoice the bible says weep when others weep and I think we do it all around the wrong way it's like we rejoice when others are weeping sometimes 
and we're weeping when others are rejoicing. So, you know, I think we've got to come back to that. But I, I do think any deviation that takes us off our fixed focus on Jesus, we need to correct, get back in there and just hear him whisper to you what you're meant to be doing. Again, and, you know, it's one of the greatest traps when you travel. You've been very intentional. You've saved up this. We all know that's not real life. Real life and success is done in the mundane, the routine of getting up when it's not glamorous, of, you know, looking after your children when you think I could be doing a million other things, of turning up at a job that's just not that enjoyable sometimes. You know, that's actually when you need to really press in and go, you know what, I'm going to find purpose. And this is the thing, you might not find it, but I guess what I'm saying is you can pray over it that let it be purposeful. And I think that's the difference as well. We're trying to find this meaningful thing. And I think sometimes the younger the generations are, I mean, I look at my parents, you just got a job. You just worked. Uh, You'd stay in that job. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I'm not fulfilled. No one talked about fulfillment. It was like, this is what you do. And following your passion. Yeah. You know, I feel like that was something that, yeah. No, you I provide. Feel, yeah. you, you know, you're smart. You get a job. If you want a car, you get a job. You don't just go on this. You know, And, and, and there's good truth in that because there are some things we, we probably need to be better at. I just get up and I just do it. I don't have to feel it. I just have to do it. At the same time, we have a whole new thing. And I was reading a futurist talk the other day and just said the whole startups of, you know, home businesses is actually a way of the future now. People following their dream and their passion. And so I, I just think um, it's, it's I, I constantly have to say, God, make my mothering purposeful, you know, make this time I have with Marion today. Lord, just let it be purposeful, whether it's for my benefit. Yeah, amen. Or for someone else's. <laughs> And so I think whether I feel like I've fulfilled purpose today, it actually doesn't matter. It's that God put his hand of purpose on it that actually makes a difference. I love that. Taking the dishes out of the dishwasher. Purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. Big tick. Yeah. You're creating order, discipline, (laughs) creating a beautiful environment. It's all those things. Yeah. And um, no one wants to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, One of the things that you said in your piece is that purpose is often found in obedience and then that obedience unlocks, you know, some blessing and some purpose for you. How closely um, is purpose and obedience also aligned with your dream? Oh, gosh. Look, I probably our leadership has always been about hear from God, step out, do what he says. You know, we're pretty simplistic in our whole outlook on life. So for me, obedience has been absolutely key to seeing God's purpose released. Absolutely key. And it's obedience to things that I didn't even think would lead to anything. I think that's the thing. Like if you said, I want you to be obedient with doing this because you go, oh, that makes so much sense to me. Of course it would lead to my purpose. Never it's like that. I remember things like, you know, God would say, I want you to give a certain amount of money to someone. It's like, God, that's all I have. How could you ask me to do that? And I'm probably older and wiser, and I know the voice of God. It's not just, oh, did he say? It's like, oh, if I don't deal with this, you know, I'm going to be in trouble. And I remember doing it one time and just giving this money going, I'm going to have to explain to Paul that I took out our last $100 to give to someone. And literally within five minutes, another person walks up to me and said, God just spoke to me about you and released 10 times the amount back to me. And, you know, there's little things that you go, 
that enabled us to do some purpose in our life. That was the incredible thing. So I think obedience is a really powerful thing. Now, obedience isn't an excuse to just go, well, I'm not doing hard work. I'm just going to sit back. And when God tells me, I'll step out. I always think, keep serving, keep sowing, and God will tell you when to step out and do it. You don't cancel everything. And I've seen people do it. It grieves me. It's like, well, I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Um, no, God doesn't work that way. God comes when you're actually serving, when you're actually doing something with what he's actually given you. So like for me, I, I can think about when we moved to Brisbane, that was massive for me. Um, and I just had this prompting of God. I had to move. And I said, oh, God, I was in denial. And so I said, I'm just going to do my devotions, God. And if you really want to speak to me, if you really, you know, I'm about 10 million fleeces out there. Um, and I turned to Psalm 45 and it says, my royal daughter, incline your ear, leave your homeland and leave your people. And I'm like, no, it's not clear enough, God. I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> more clearer, please. Yeah, please, <laughs> a lot more clarity. Right in the sky next time. And I went away and I went, oh, you've spoken. And so for me, it was then a step of obedience to follow that. Now, what I'm doing today, all I look back came as a response to obedience and just going, all right, God, you've called us to Brisbane. It's not really where I want to be. All my family are in Adelaide. I loved Adelaide. I'm jealous that Nikki gets to live in Adelaide. Good food, everything. Anyway, um, but what it opened up for me is all I can describe is it's it's opened up more of God's purpose just through obedience. And so I think sometimes you've got to really incline your ear. And look, God God isn't hard to hear. And I think that's really important to understand. We're sometimes like, I'm looking for God. Where is he? The sign in the sky. Yeah. If he yeah. wants to be heard, he will be heard. Yeah. And I think that's really important. So don't stress. Keep being faithful. Keep loving him. Keep praying purpose over what you're doing right now. And God will make his intentions clear. But if there is a call to obedience, you know, step in. You might not understand it, but on the other side, there is absolutely purpose revealed. Have you ever struggled with obedience? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Tell me, tell me about a time where God's helped, told you to do something and you were just like straight up, no, oh, um, <laughs> not doing it. You know, leaving my paid job. Wow. Yeah. Now, I don't recommend that for anyone. Wow. Um, but it was it was such a clarity for me that I needed to do it. There was a, issues with my health in that season. And, you know, Paul and I really prayed about it because I was actually earning the money and he sort of wasn't. And so that was really challenging. And we both went away, prayed about it and went, this is just massive on all levels. I remember our mortgage, we'd only been married a couple of years. Our mortgage was $140 a week. And we thought we're going to go under. We are going to go under because this is horrendous. I think interest rates were 12%. Back then we're talking on a mortgage of like $90,000 and we were struggling. And uh, we both had this piece that I needed to just take some time to rest, recuperate. And the crazy thing in this whole season, I, I took the rest. Um, and within a month of me stepping out of my paid job, I was offered a role working at the church, looking after all the new Christians and new people. And it was just like I had dream job written all over it. And so for me, it was like, oh, okay. And so that was purpose released on the other side of obedience. Having said that, unless you have a very clear word from God, do not give up your job. Keep working. Um, the word of God says, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
there's a reason for that. So, but I knew for me that was an absolute conviction. I, another one, um, I just felt the Holy Spirit one day, just my devotions, tell me to encourage someone. And that's all right, but this was actually quite a senior person in ministry. So it wasn't like a peer or someone, you know, that I was leading. And I was like, God, I can't encourage them. Like, who am I? And he gave me a scripture for them. And I'm like, I just don't want to do that. I was just like, no, this is just awful. And I wrestled with it for a week. And finally, I emailed them and just said, look, I just felt, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. Real, really laid back terminology. But here's a scripture. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to think I'm a freak. And yet on the other side of that was incredible opportunity to have a conversation with someone and they said, you wouldn't believe it. It was just a prayer point of mine and you brought a word for me. And so there are powerful things in obedience. I don't think you ever want to do them. I don't want to part with money or, you know, step out beyond where I'm comfortable. But it's amazing how God unlocks purpose. And even in that, I say that because even encouraging that person that I was maybe timid or a little bit afraid of in a good way, even that when, you know, maybe God uses me to bring a prophetic word, it's just losing that fear of man that I maybe wouldn't have walked into that if I hadn't have dealt with that thing. See, God gives you baby steps. You don't just walk in, hi, my purpose. I'm a prophet to the nations. God goes, all right, you want to be called to serve me? Can I trust you to encourage someone? You know, and it doesn't seem much, but God goes, she did it. She stepped out. All right, what's the next thing? So obedience is absolutely tied to purpose. Absolutely. Has fear ever gotten in the way? Oh, gosh, yeah. Self-doubt. Um or you do something and then, you know, the enemy's greatest trick is you you do step out and then you go, oh, you're so stupid. You were so dumb. Those words you said, oh, my goodness. And you've got to actually just take charge in those moments. We've got to take every thought captive if it's not glorifying God. And so it is a powerful biblical principle and we don't do it. So we let them go on and on and all these things. We let fear play in our mind. What will people think? This is it. You'll never, you know, whatever it is. And we have to go, oh, that's not a thought from God. That's not glorifying to him and his purpose for my life. You go, I'm going to capture that thought, lock it up. It has no place in my life. So fear, absolutely. You know, for me, every time I preach, as soon as I get off the pulpit, it's like, dumb word joe really absolutely because it's it's the natural thing when you step out the enemy wants to come in and actually prevent you from going forward and so now i'm probably a bit more savvy and go dumb word or not god can use it you know and i think that's it it's like (laughs) god well how would i have any wise words i've got nothing to say and, you know, it'll always happen, like two weeks later, someone will walk up to you and go, oh, Joe, that word you, you just shared was so powerful. I go, really? You couldn't have told me two weeks ago? But that's the, the mystery of who God is, and we have to deal with that because it's actually a very limiting thing. Just like obedience causes you to step in, fear will actually hold you back and cause you to retreat. Yeah, every time God tells me to do something, I think in return I give him at least five other people who could do it better than me. Yeah. And I think I think I get we also get really caught in like being humble and not being arrogant. I don't ever want to be like, God, I'm the right person yeah. for this and you should give it to yeah. me because I'll do a good job. Yeah. And then when it does come, you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and I think it's a real key. We've yeah. got to constantly say yes. 
and it's not about my qualifications. And I sometimes I go, well, who am I, you know, um, to have some opportunities? And then you go, you know what, if I'm going to go down that line of thinking, I'm just going to get myself in a mess. So just go, I'm here. I said yes. I'm going to keep moving forward. One of my favourite stories is Reinhard Bonnke. And, uh, you know, when God came to him, you know, this, this man, this German man, and uh, he goes, I want you to go to Africa and you will evangelise Africa and you will see souls saved. And he said, yes. And then God told him, you weren't my first choice. I went to two others, but they said no. And, you know, and I just think the beauty of that, because we would go, oh, my gosh, Reinhard Bonnke, like he is, you know, in one meeting alone, he saw a million people get saved. And so you just it just blows your mind. But at the end of the day, he goes, all right. And it's not all right with I'm so good. It's all right. You asked me. So I say yes. I mean, you know, we're recording this today, you know, the day Billy Graham passed away. And, you know, there's so many things he talked about when you read his story. I didn't know answers to stuff. I had no clue. I had friends who were great thinkers and theologians. He says, I remember going down and sort of weeping before God, say, God, I just choose to believe you. And it became that simple. He goes, I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm just going to believe you. I'm just going to believe what the Bible says. And so I think we've got to make it a little bit more simple and just go, it's a yes as opposed to a qualification because we're never qualified, never, like never qualified, but I'm just the person who said yes. And I know, look, even in leading a church or volunteer organisations, the people that say yes, you just go, I love you and I want to clone you. And they might not be the best, but they just go, I'll say yes when everyone else says, you know, I've got to get beyond people who have an opinion, um, want to tell me how we should do it, but oh, don't ask me to do it. We've actually got to go, you know, yes. Yes, and that is a very big um, bridge to walking in your purpose. Well, thanks for listening today to our favourite friends podcast. Don't forget to share it, but also why don't you subscribe? We look forward to doing this journey with you. We'll see you next time.